Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands this year that matter? Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. A podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians. Welcome to the What Podcast. I can't believe we're still talking about Bonnaroo. Uh, Barry Corder, Bonnarooian A, Lord Taco. Uh, joining us, I'm Brad Steiner. Uh, now, if you're watching at home uh, via your uh, social media device box, uh, don't adjust your screen. There are not two Barry Quarters with us today. Uh, no, not two, just one, uh, just one Barry Quarter. That's the beard I want to become. I know. You've got a lot of work to do, my friend. <laughs> That's a grown-ass beard right there. <laughs> it's a labor of love. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. Uh, mine is more because it pisses my wife off. <laughs> and and I like doing this a lot. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you get to an age where, uh, and, and it's definitely around very quarter age, where, you know, life becomes a lot of just contemplation of what you could have been doing at some uh-huh. point, more than right now. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Small battles. Small <laughs> battles. <laughs> you got to pick and choose. Uh, you got a what and choose? Pick and choose. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. Battles. Uh, Lord Taco, how are you, buddy? How's your birthday? By the way, uh, Lord Taco's birthday, everyone. It was oh, Friday. Happy, thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Appreciate it. Yeah. 41. Should we introduce David? Brad and I yeah. talked about his beard. Should we introduce who? who oh, yeah. Was? I forgot about it. I got to actually do the introduction. Huh? Go ahead. I'll let Taco do it. Taco uh, and uh, David became friends. Tell us how you became friends. It's a great story. Um, Well, David does the uh, I Am Bonnaroo film project on Instagram. If you've probably looked through Bonnaroo pictures, you've probably seen him. Um, He tags us a lot in his pictures. And uh, last June, we went down to the Speakeasy Bonnaroo, hosted by uh, Roo Fitness and the Roo Bus. And... uh, Bumped into him there, had never actually know what he looks like. So, you know, he had to introduce himself and say who he was. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I follow you. I see all your pictures. So um, from then on, we just spent the whole weekend together hanging out. Um, I saw him, you know, shoot some people with his camera. Thank you. Yeah, had to yeah. clarify. Yeah. But uh, we had a great weekend and yeah. uh, shared a lot of stories and, uh, you know, decided he'd be a good guest to have on the show and talk David, about david did you sign the bus anywhere inside the bus did you say you know, that's what happens when somebody gets in that bus <laughs> yeah I, I was actually asked to sign the bus and it was it was an honor okay, uh, as a matter of fact somebody posted a photo from the inside of the bus on instagram i can't remember who it was but i literally tried to zoom in on my on the phone to see if i could see my uh you know my <laughs> uh-huh. I, I told myself there it is right there i can't read it but i know that's it yeah, that's it that's it there's so many layers to this, but you drove from where up upstate New York? I mean, yeah. for that weekend. I mean, that's, that's I, re- I really did, you know. Um, so I got an invite uh, to that shindig, which um, I was, you know, felt very honored for that invite because I knew it was a limited thing. It was kind of a hush hush thing because of the whole COVID thing, and. Um, I really wanted to go. Um, I got my wife's blessing to go, which, which was a giant step forward. She's my biggest supporter in everything that I do regarding this. 
And um, I literally decided a week and a half before the event, I mean, the, the hype started to build on the Facebook page uh, about the event, and I could see what was happening. And um, I, thought, I thought to myself, wow, this is, this is actually going to be pretty legit in, in lieu of not being at Bonnaroo uh, mm -hmm. this, this weekend. Um, I'm going to go down and I'm going to see what's happening. And I mean, I, I literally drove about a thousand miles down. Jesus. Uh, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, I decided to take the trip by myself. It was a, it was a little bit of a pilgrimage, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't really, I had no idea what to expect when I got there. I mean, I, I knew, you know, Daniel Horton, I knew who he was, but I didn't really know one single person that was going to be there personally or well. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on, you know, our porch out here with my wife uh, the day before I leave. And she goes, so are you excited about this? I said, you know, actually, I'm kind of nervous. And she said, why? And I said, okay, so let me, let, let's get down to it here. I said, I'm getting ready to jump in a car. By myself in the middle of a pandemic, drive a thousand miles, yeah, very remote place in Tennessee I've never been before, and camp for three days with a yeah. bunch of people I don't really know, and probably extremely hot conditions, you know. And I got to be honest, it's the greatest thing that I did this year, man. I mean, I got to actually know uh, some of the people who I knew who they were, but I didn't really, you know, I got to know them better than probably if Bonnaroo even happened this year because I got to spend some quality time with them. Daniel, David, it sounds like you described Bonnaroo. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I actually very much so, because the first time I went to Bonnaroo was on a whim. Hmm. I, I was mad. was that? That was 2011. Oh, wow. Okay, good. So this would have been, uh, the this year was going to be huge for me because, you know, I set a goal after the three, the third consecutive year that I was there. Uh, to make my project at least a 10-year project consecutively. This was going to be the 10th the year anniversary for, for I Am Bonnaroo. And then, of course, the bottom falls out, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I've really got nothing to bitch about because a lot of people have had some serious hardships, and I've really had none. I mean, I still have my job. Yeah. All my friends and family are healthy. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's good. But, you know, so there goes my 10th consecutive year. And then, boom, all of a sudden, the, uh, the speakeasy thing pops up, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is going to be something very cool. Just a general question before we get into your Bonner experiences from year to year, but how is it as a photographer, can you really differentiate from one year to the next what you actually get? You, if, you're, if this is year 10, I bet you look back at you know, nine years ago, eight years ago, and the pictures look pretty similar. How do you know? How do you differentiate or be able to tell, and and especially as an artist, make yeah. it different from year to year? Well, actually, that's a big challenge because I, I don't really want it to come off being redundant. Um, I did start. It, for me, it's always about film. I, initially, I wanted it to to look like Woodstock. So when I when I first thought about, you know what I wanted to do as a photographer the first year that I went to Bonnaroo without having any idea what it was going to be like. I said, okay, I want it to look Woodstocky, so I went out and I bought a 1969 Nikon F, and I went down there with, you know, about eight rolls of film, which was, I could have went through that in the first Yeah, period. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Wednesday. Yep, so fast forward, now I have seven Nikons, and last year I went down there with 35 rolls of film, and I'm shooting more color in addition to black and white now, but it's, all, it's still all about film. Um, so the color film was a way for me to sort of breathe something a little bit different into it you know here's where i jump in and answer your question david the, okay. the background behind me lcd sound system yeah i for the well, last when did he ask that question he, before, oh, you're talking about, before he asked a question when the show wasn't on when the show wasn't okay. on <laughs> yeah. if you notice the background yeah. um for the last decade or so i've been not only the sole reporter but the sole photographer for our paper okay. i am not a photographer yeah that, that's why i chose this picture i take pictures i get lucky i take good pictures one in a thousand or whatever and this is an example of that i don't pretend i never claim to be a photographer this picture when they came out on stage it was so dark if anybody saw the show it was so dark oh, and yeah. it was just haze and cloud and here I am, and I just thought, I'm just going to shoot 
for three songs, you know, that's because I'm in the pit. Bam, yeah. bam, 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 bam. Left there thinking, I got nothing. Plug the plug the uh, camera into the computer the next day, nine o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden this popped up, and I didn't even know I had it. Yeah. That's the difference between what I do. I think I'm a. I think I'm pretty good at framing. I think I'm pretty good at knowing what is a decent picture, but I'm not a photographer. I can't make it happen, and uh, that's what you're doing. And that's that's the reason I chose this as my background and that's to what we're getting at. I mean, this is a project for you. I would not have no idea. Uh, Brad one year gave every, all of us, uh, Instamatic cameras. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which is a great idea. Great yeah. idea. Didn't yeah, work. In theory, in theory it works. Uh, on paper, it <laughs> that's sounds what great. we're talking about. In reality, yeah. it's a total disaster. Yeah. Total disaster. Great idea. And I mean, I literally have probably 10,000 images and maybe, 20 that i'm proud of um 19 of them are 19 of them are his dick <laughs> now, only, the, only the one <laughs> um but but yeah so that's a great question brad asked because i was just as he was saying that i was thinking yeah bonnaroo has changed but not i mean the hippies last year looked like the hippies 15 years ago well yeah the so, reason the reason when I look at your stuff, it's not so much artist-based, it's, it's people-based. And the people and the faces, no matter if they are different faces, it doesn't feel like it, the aesthetic ever really changes. Because there's a certain aesthetic that is consistent no matter if you, it's your first Bonnaroo or your 15th. It all seems to look the same. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's true. And, you know, partially that's, that's definitely done by design. Um, you know, I found a formula for me that, that works, so I stick with it. And um, not to get too technical or whatever, but I always meter all of my shots with an incident flight meter. I don't use the... So when you look at my, my, my photos um, from a, you know, light contrast standpoint, um, you know, I, I know the film that I'm shooting really well. I know how, it, how it's going to react under different lighting conditions, which is really important because I'm not shooting digital. I don't have the, the luxury of looking at things as I'm shooting it on the back mm -hmm. of my camera now. So it becomes pretty predictable from that standpoint. Um, but you know, again, I didn't wanna, I'm, I'm always looking at my stuff, trying to figure out how to become a better photographer. And you know, I, I didn't want it to become too redundant. And that's why I started experimenting a little bit with, with color films and actually arrived at one that I really, really like a lot for Bonnaroo, you know, specifically. Now, when the other thing that I notice is, is you, whether it's by design or not, you really do find moments um, and, and people, you know, people will become moments and moments have, anyway, how is it that, first off, do you, do you, is, is it something you stumble upon or is it something you're actively going to see? And, not to see, but to find. And yeah. when you find it, how do you know it? Okay, so, so actually, what it, I've, I've gotten to know the layout of the, of the farm really well. And um, this, this is a weird analogy, but, and, and I'm not a hunter, for whatever that's worth, but it's kind of like being a hunter, knowing it, uh, you know, a section of woods really well and saying, okay, when deer season opens, this is where I'm going to put up my tree stand, uh, and I'm going to uh, just wait. Uh, yeah. Honestly, that's good. That's good. Um, I, you know, I, I, my, my, you know, the number of shots that I come back with every year, just knowing where to be after a sub-headliner show gets, gets over at the main yeah. stage or whatever, all I have to do is stand there and wait, and it comes, it comes to me. Right. So, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done it 15 years, and I feel like I'm shooting the same pictures because you know you're going to get people sleeping under the tree in front of the uh, witch. You yeah. know you're going to get uh, people coming off the slide. Uh, I mean, it feels like in some ways I'm taking the same photograph. You're going to get that happy coming through the arch. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great year. As, as an aside, a few years ago, we never really kept up with it. But as an aside, one really late Thursday night, uh, our friend Nick, uh, as we were walking back from the, uh, I guess, some late show or whatever, and we looked down and it was already a muddy mess. And the person was literally laying in a, in a mud pit. And he goes, oh, that is Bonnaroo stink. 
<laughs> and from that moment, we decided to start documenting the Bonnaroo stink of the weekend. And it's like it happens at a certain hour every night. And you can see the stink just emitting from a human being or a situation. Um, I wish that we would have kept up with that Instagram account because it was uh, as fun as it could have been, but also a tad demeaning. So we, we sort of stopped. We sort of stopped. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. It's it's a, it, but is but it is something that it's almost like it is almost on a timer, and you can almost find exactly who, what, when, where, and why every year at the same time. Um, yeah. And that's why that's why I'm so fascinated in the idea how you differentiate from one to the next. And when you look back at um, okay, but put it this way: when you're done with it, when you're done with your ten years, what are you going to do with it? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. And um, I've had people say to me, you're not actually going to start doing this after the 10th year. And um, I'm, I'm actually not ready to, to stop doing it, you know. Well, why don't you go one year where you just enjoy yourself and not feel like you've got to uh, carry around 16 cameras at once? Actually, that's a great idea. You know what, you know what I might start doing, honestly, is, is, I, is start locking some of my camera gear in the trunk and removing myself from that. There, there's certain times of the day, like if somebody was to say, listen, I, I'm just going to shoot for two hours a day. What, what am I going to shoot? It would be the, the quote unquote golden hour. And anybody that hasn't been to Bonnaroo that's a photographer uh, that wants to take photos, I would tell them, hey, listen, you know, if you're planning on getting some good shots at Bonnaroo, plan on the golden hour. Because not only is the light absolutely magical, but everybody's in that frame of mind where yeah. they've been out all day, they've been doing this. The temperature starting to get divine. That's right. They're transitioning into the nightlife, and I'm telling you what, man, everybody's everybody starts to morph around that time. You know? Everything starts to change. That is a great point, and it's not something that we've talked about a lot. But you're right. There is a there is a moment of the afternoon, and golden hour is right about at six, seven o'clock, where the temperature starts to change. People are maybe freshly showered. Uh, they come out of hibernation for a few hours, and things just start to feel different. Uh, I love that. I love that feeling. That's a really great point. Not something we've really harnessed on the show before. David, why did you? I mean, tell tell us again how you decided to go. Why Bonnaroo, and then what was it that made this particular thing um, seem like it would be a great festival? I mean, a great project. Um, okay, so I've always been, um, I, well, I've, I've been a photographer since, since I was about 20 years old, and I've always shot film. I mean, I, I've shot digital, but I'm primarily a, a film photographer, and I'm a huge, huge music fan. So, um, you know, in 2010, uh, my daughter was going to her first year of college in upstate New York, and I got a message from my uh, lovely wife. And she said to me, um, what do you know about a music festival called Bonnaroo uh, down in Tennessee? And I thought that was kind of random. And I said, uh, I know it's a world-class music festival. Why? And she said, Madison, our daughter, who was a first semester uh, college student um, at that point, she said she's, she's thinking about going down um, to this with a bunch of her friends, you know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. And I said, well, I'll tell you how I feel about it. I'm jealous as hell, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that's that's how I ended up going down to Bonnaroo. And I, I didn't go down with, you know, my, my daughter and her, her friends. I went down with another guy. But if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have been 2011. I don't know what when I would have went down there. But that's that's the story about how I, I got down there. In, in that first year, you went just by yourself? No, so so honestly, uh, one of her, her college girlfriends that she had just met uh, from Long Island, we live in upstate New York, um, she said to, to uh, my, my daughter Madison, my dad wants to go down to this festival. He doesn't have anybody to go down there with. And she said, my stepdad's actually thinking about going down. Um, I literally met this guy. His name is Joe, by the way. Hey, Joe. Uh, I met him for the first time ever the night before him and I jumped in his car. And <laughs> the That's never in a million years. It's Bonnaroo, man. And we still stay in contact. I mean, we're, we're still <laughs> friends, you know. Um, but hey, you want to know something, man? We talked about music all the way down there. Um, we shared a love for Led Zeppelin. 
Um, and it was. Oh my God, uh, I'm wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt now, and I hate Led Zeppelin. That's amazing. <laughs> How does that work? But uh, no, so that, that's pretty much how it all happened, you know. And so I have two other younger sons who are both music industry students in college. Um, they were, I think, five and nine when I first went down there, and I've been to Bonnaroo with both of them. And we were wow. supposed to go on, we we're supposed to go on year ten with a whole crew of people because it was, you know, my big ten year anniversary, and uh, we didn't make it down. But you know, they went from being little kids seeing me hop on a car and drive into something called Bonnaroo to loving the festival. They both go. Um, they're both huge. They're both musicians, you know. But did you do anything like this? Uh, I don't know, say closer? Uh, you mean closer to New York? Yeah. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> I, 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 go, I go to a lot of concerts, but, you know, I actually live, here's a true story for you. I live, I live 25 or 30 minutes from, from where Mountain Jam used to be every year, and I've not once been to Mountain Jam. <laughs> so, Do you camp? Are you a camper? You know, I have to camp because I'm a I'm a purist that way. You know, I mean, if I was a photographer in Vietnam, well, I would I mean, before. Before, <laughs> before that, um, I had camped literally in my life two times. Yeah. See, this is this is yeah. it's so funny. Uh, my first Bonnaroo was uh, what seventeen oh seven oh seven, which was the year my son went because he was a senior in high school, and and I had the, you know, I remember. Breaking, you know, say, hey, guess what? Dad's going too. You know, 2007 is not correct, Barry. That's not correct. I think you're you're like 2004. No, no, I went to the first one, 02, yeah. and then I didn't okay. go again till 07. I think. Okay. I think that's right. But anyway, similar. Uh, you know, tell my son, hey, Dad's going too. You know, which I thought would freak him out. He's like, I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I guess I find this, I find this, you know, we, I think that we get really lost in the idea of somebody uh, traveling for so long and so far, but I've never thrown in the wrinkle of doing it with a stranger. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not doing that. Uh, I, I have a cap on how long I'll spend in the car to begin with, uh, with yeah. a total stranger. So one time, uh, my mom, I don't know why, and I can't tell you, I don't really remember why I was in the car with this person, but it was a total stranger that my mom had plopped me in the car with, and I had to go, I don't know, seven, eight hours with this person. Uh, and, of course, me being a you know, 16, 17-year-old asshole, and this being a you know mother of whatever, who she, I don't even know their name, I remember the pain that it was sitting in a car it's not speaking and no music playing and being completely um, at the mercy of this person who is a tat gassy and total, totally silent. I can't run the risk of that ever happening to me ever again. Yeah. I can't ever possibly yeah. even get close to that situation. I, I, it gives me, I feel claustrophobic just thinking about it. Yeah. I, got, I, I mean, honestly, if, if, what, if I really thought about it, I think my desire to get down there and check this thing out and especially take photos sort of superseded any other kind of reserve that I had about it. Um, and so now, now what's the setup like? You're going to have how many people come with you this year and just the same car? Or uh, no, no, I have people. So, so my daughter who, my daughter lives in Nashville now. She's a teacher. Oh, um, she, was, she was trying to get the, the minimum number of people together for us to do our group, a group camping thing for the first time this year. Um, she actually signed up to do group camping, but there was there was multiple people going down from different states and different cars. Um, so you know, it's, it's, it's a, to put a bow on this thing, let's. So there you are. Your wife comes to you and says, "Hey, have you heard of this thing? Your daughter wants to go. You end up going with a stepdad who you met the <laughs> night before." <laughs> To a farm in Manchester, Tennessee. Yeah. And ten years later, you Sounds drive. Like a horror movie. You drive what? Twelve hours to hang out with Taco yeah. <laughs> in an even more remote farm in Tennessee with people you've never said hello to before well that's even strange I mean, yes that's that's strange that's strange but think about the idea that you've been to bonnaroo nine years and 
you didn't know the people that you were going to be meeting up with. Uh, that's pretty su surprising, too. You'd think that after so many years, we would just know all of each other. Yeah, that, that's actually that, that's actually true. So Daniel Horton was, uh, I, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. He's, of course, he's the guy that uh, is part owner of the Real Rubus. Yeah, for people yeah. who don't know, Daniel and Charlotte own the Rubus. Yeah. Daniel might be the happiest most positive human being that i know so i wait I, not I, me next no. next to lord taco <laughs> yeah, yeah look at him just look at him yeah. he's radiating <laughs> radiating positivity and that's a respectable beard by the way i, I like that thank you um i trimmed that's it yesterday's. yeah and it's grown out since <laughs> so but uh daniel horton so I saw something, um, we, him and I were messaging each other. So we did, we did have a conversation, but not, you know, we never really spent any time at Bonnaroo together, you know? Uh -huh. um, and then um, he, he was the one who actually asked me if I was interested in going. And I was, without even hesitating, I was working from home at that point because of COVID. And I just said, hell yeah, I wasn't even, yeah. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was... I'm sorry, you, No, it's okay. You ever think about, like, because you're a photographer, your photos are so good. Have you ever thought about you know, adding video to it? You ever think about doing video? Video? I, I, I actually have, but um, there's so many other people who are doing that so well. Uh, human being media. Uh, phenomenal work. They, they do a lot of festivals. They do a great. I'll tell you one thing I did think about doing. This would be an extreme labor of love, is going down there with like a 16 millimeter uh, film camera, just shooting film bursts of people. Ah, you know, like yeah, yeah. film bursts and then seeing what I can come up with from, from that standpoint, you know? And when you, so, okay, just, and this is because we're, we're dorky. Um, we're, we're, we're dorky about the, the minutia of some of this stuff. When you, do you get a media pass? Okay. So, um, Probably not until my sixth or seventh year did okay. I get a pass. Okay. Because and they don't let just anybody walk in with six cameras or anything. No, and you want to know something? I, I had to pare it down. I had to pare it down to get my gear in there. Um, so I had to figure about I had to really think about what I needed to accomplish, what I was looking to accomplish. And before I had a media pass, it, it was literally one camera body, one lens, and a light meter, um, and a hip pack full of film. You know, and when I go through the security checkpoints and they're opening your hip packs and they're pulling shit out and I'm like that. That's, oh, please be careful. Please be careful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but but full disclosure, I mean, I had to sneak stuff in and then um, it probably wasn't until the, the seventh year, I think I actually got a media pass. Now, normally, now I have to ask because normally they don't uh, uh, give it to you unless you're with some sort of entity. You just got it all on your own, huh? Well, what happened was um, I was pelting Bonnaroo with with stuff on social media, and uh, I didn't think they were paying attention to it because they've never they never really acknowledged anything that I was doing. And then one time, bam, uh, they they featured one of my photos, and then they they you know tagged me and credited me in the photo, which was a great day for me. You know, that's awesome. Uh, and and I literally said, you know, hey, thanks a lot. You guys just made my year for doing that. And then probably a month later, not even, they, they, they used another one. And after about the third one that they used in a short period of time, I messaged them and I said, hey, um, you know, is there any way I can get access? I'm not really that interested in shooting the bands. I want to I shoot the people, but I, I need better access to get in there with my gear, you know? Yeah, that's that's when they started, they started hooking me up every year. That's a that. great question, Brad. I'm glad you picked up on that. And that's, and that's a great uh, insight because that's I think probably in year one, that's the kind of thing you and I bragged about that they do very well is uh, pay attention. Yeah. You know, they paid attention. They saw what was working. It's a cool thing. You were doing cool work. And uh, yeah, just, it, lend, it lends to the overall point of how this is uh, made for and created by a community of people that, um, yeah. you know, and, and if, you know, I hate to say, you know, look, not everybody's going to get one. Uh, but if you prove yourself and you show yourself to be, uh, you know, not a dick. Well, you know, I guess seriously, seriously a, lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, events, you know, the first answer is no. Yeah, you know, need to shut this down. And then they yeah. said, hey, this guy's doing great work. Uh, how do we make how do they make it easy for him? Yeah. 
Uh, and they've done that for us, which is why I say that. And then it's, I think it's because, you know, we're celebrating what they do. All right. So you, you go to a lot of, you do a lot of concerts, you're a big music guy. In the 10 years since, have you done any other sort of festival? Uh, New Orleans Jazz Festival. I Come on down. I live two blocks away. You know, actually, Russ told me that, and I was like, hmm, that's one of my wife's favorite places in the world. Not that we've traveled the world, but yeah. we're, we have a lot of love for New Orleans, man. Let me, let me tell you, so I got here two days after Mardi Gras, and I was like, ah, you know, we miss Mardi Gras, but it's probably for the best. We don't need to be uh, here when Mardi Gras starts when we first get here. Uh, but what we were very excited, like, oh, man, but we live two blocks away from Jazz Fest. We live two blocks away from Voodoo Fest. We are uh, within walking distance of every sort of, you know, from festival season. I mean, it's a big deal. Every week there's some other type of thing that is in and around our neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, oh, this is amazing. This is the perfect spot. Uh, so excited about Jazz Fest. And then 10 days after I got here, COVID hits, and I'm sitting at my house for the next six months. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you know. If I didn't think your ego, you know, I would think maybe you were to blame. But no. Oh, I'm to blame. I'm to blame. Not, <laughs> yeah, that, that's even a little big for your ego. <laughs> it's all Brad's fault. That's yeah, the theme. Every, yeah. Uh, my, my old radio partner used to tell me all the time, everything's Brad's fault. Everything's Brad's fault. So, so David, um, I mean, you've not done this. We've established this is not something you do all the time. This is the one festival. What, what's the takeaway? What have you, I mean, what keeps you going back, especially, um, you know, considering the, the, the idea that we've talked about is it, the photos don't necessarily change or do they? I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but what is it that brings you back? Uh, you know, well, I go back for the festival, but, you know, I mean, I'm so passionate about being a photographer. I mean, I do shoot other things that aren't music related um, for, for personal work. Um, but I, I go back because it just, I, I, I want to keep feeding the project. And, you know, just when I start wondering how many people are paying attention, I mean, I'll get some really great messages from people, you know, that I that I know that are paying attention because they're like, hey, here's a photo you took of me uh, five years ago, you know, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I do, you know, I've done gallery shows that were of the Bonnaroo Project specifically in upstate New York um, a few times. Um, I've never made a single dollar from, from the project. And because I shoot film and film is expensive and processing is expensive, it costs me a shit ton of money to do it every year. It's yeah, a labor I mean, of love, you know? I mean, I was, about, I was about to say, since you're on film, I mean, like you were saying earlier, and it just now hit me, you don't, you said it, you don't know what you have. So when you go back to the car every night, it's not yeah. like you get to review what you got that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a little kid at Christmas time. I come home and I get my film developed. And I go pick up, you know, 20 rolls of film. And it's like, I can't wait to get home and start transparency scanning these things. So, and looking. so that means your Bonnaroo experience goes from, from the 1st yeah. of June till the end of July. I mean, you're probably working on this stuff for, for six weeks afterwards. Well, even longer than that. Oh, uh, wow. Because you know what I do is, is I, like, I, I never, if somebody's worth taking a photo of, I never usually just take one photo. I'll take three or four frames. And even if they're all good, there's always one that's clearly the best, you know. But, you know, I, I edit my photos. I don't alter them. Well, some of my I alter heavily, and it's obvious. But for the most part, I try, I'm try. i a purist when it comes to stuff. I try to keep it real, you know. Um, but, you know, for, for me, it's, it's the rediscovery. I mean, six months later, I'll scan a strip of film that I hadn't scanned yet, and yeah, images yeah. will pop up on my monitor. And I'll literally get, sometimes I'll literally get goosebumps. I'll be like, shit, look at that, man. That's that's my to this picture. I can't yeah. tell you. No. I mean, and it's a ter you're not getting a good representation. It's a much bigger frame. Yeah, Barry's in the way. I can't see the picture. <laughs> well, some of Barry is in the way. He, he uh, disappears band, on occasion. The band is actually in the full frame. You can't see it, but uh, I that that's the moment, David. That I mean, I, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I got that image. Yeah. It, for me, dumb luck. You know what you're doing. The other. The other sort of um, inside baseball question I have is, I mean, uh, camera, you're t carrying six of them. 
so out of weight? Well, are you, not, are you not shooting time. all day long, or do you take time off? See, that's I leave yeah. mine back at the camp sometimes, and then inevitably there's the great picture, and I don't have the camera, or that, you know, yeah. That's the way that it always. That's the way that it works. You know, I mean, I get up in the morning. I have a routine where I get up um, and and I walk into Centerru and I head to uh, Dave's Mini Donuts to get some coffee. And from from the minute I leave the underneath the canopy, I've got a camera around my shoulder and I'm and I'm just scanning. I'm just looking for something to take a photo of. And, I, and I've actually gotten some really good shots by doing that. You know. Yeah, yeah. You have to. I mean, it's it, that's what you're there for. But that. I don't think people understand how much work that is. It's a labor of love. Well, yeah, but, but with all that work, when do you actually do the actual festival? Do you, when do you shut it down for the day and go see something? Uh, usually the late night sets. Um, I have certain bands that, that I have to see where I'm not, that I'm totally immersed in this situation. There's no doubt about it. I look, I look at the schedule and I'll tell my friends, because whoever I go with, um, every year. Sometimes I feel bad for them because I'm like, hey guys, I'll catch you later, you know. Um, I'm kind of a lone wolf. I, if you see me there, chances are I'm going to be by myself. Yeah. But I'm looking at the schedule in the morning and I'm telling people that I'm with, hey, listen, I'll see you at 4.30 at the witch stage because I'm going to go check out this band and then I'm fully immersed in that show. Well, right? I'll tell you, the one, the one thing that's strange about Camp Nut Butter in that we've all been sort of, the main group of people have been there together for what, 10 years or so, but um, none of us ever go to shows together. It's yeah. never something like, yeah, let's all go. Never. I mean, there might be one show a weekend that we'll all try to go together. But yeah. Uh, and, and mostly it's because, you know, Brad can be a diva and doesn't want to stand with them uh, where they're going to be standing. He wants, <laughs> he's got his own spot next to the stage that uh, yeah. becomes the. Yeah, it is probably that. We don't all have the same access, but it's also just because we don't do that to each other. You know, it's, see ya. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and by the way, that's what makes camp so much fun is when you get back, you have no idea who's going to be there. You have literally no idea as to who you're going to stumble upon. And um, it's just, it, it's it's perfect for someone like, you know, me, who's completely ADD, uh, yeah. who, needs, <laughs> who needs something new at all times. So okay. back to... Back to the project, David, does the, uh, I mean, as a reporter, it sounds to me like the fact that you came down and did the thing with uh, Daniel and Sharla and, and them fits perfectly into the project. 100%. Okay, I was going to ask if it, if it became, you know, now that's part of the story. It, it's definitely a part of the story, and, and the thing of it is, is it's, even though it wasn't at Bonnaroo, it was the weekend that it was supposed to happen, and everybody that was there was a Bonnarubian. And I, I had people message me after I started uh, posting those photos saying, hey, where's where's that stream at Bonnaroo on the farm? I've never seen that before. I want to find that. And, you know, if, if you kind of really read my, my really short captions, you'd realize that it wasn't really taken at the farm. But um, so, yeah, it, it definitely it definitely fits well in there, I think, you know. There is a body of water uh, at Bonnaroo. And uh, I, I don't want to be too, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if it's still there, but for years and years and years in where guest camping used to be, it's now where volunteers camp. Um, but there is a giant bowl of water that sits back on the, the edge of the KOA and where the now uh, camping area for the volunteers are. It's a big, giant thing of water. And I don't know if it's like spillage, but for some reason, our guy at Camp Nut Butter always wanted to camp next to it. And he didn't realize it's just a big bucket of mosquitoes. Yeah. And, <laughs> in the world. And every time we get there, you're like, like front property, am I right? I'm like, no, you're not. It's all mosquitoes. Yeah, that's so true. It's like West Nile virus in the makings there. Exactly. It's yeah. absolutely miserable. David, did your. Uh... I think you said his name was Joe, the uh, the guy that went with you first year. Has he gone back? Okay, he hasn't gone back, but he was going to go back this year. Oh wow! Yeah. So you had a, you had a you had a lot going riding yeah. on this year. That's in, yeah. That's we sent each other Christmas cards, you know. I mean, <laughs> so you know, we 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 both got to watch our daughters go through their whole college thing, and my daughter got her masters, and 
you know, now they're both responsible young adults, probably more responsible than I am for sure. And, um, you know, we're still doing the thing, you know? Well, this is a, this is a remarkable. Not only um, is, is the, the story great, but also you're our second New Yorker this season. Uh, you're the second New Yorker we talked to. Oh, that's true. Because uh, Bill was from New York, remember? Yep. Uh, so, and that's a, God, my, that's a long drive. Well, uh, that's, when you think about like the actual shows you've seen, when you say you go late night guy, what is the show that stands out to you after nine years of honor? Oh, geez. Um, well, the, the show that stands out to me, not necessarily a late night show, has got to be Paul McCartney. Um, never heard of him. Never heard of him, yeah. And I, and I know a lot he of did something with Kanye, I heard. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people kind of tell the same tale, but I mean, that, for, it, it sounds weird, but that, that was almost like an emotional thing for me, you know? And I wasn't even necessarily a huge Beatles fan or a Paul yeah. McCartney fan. It was, yeah. it was the 85,000 people singing every word to Hey Jude was... Yeah. Uh, how do you explain that to somebody? Yeah, I know, I know, and and it's not just any other show, because uh, you know, you saw, I saw it at ACL Fest later on that year. Just not the same thing, you know. Just not the same thing. It's not the same collective experience. Um, and you know, although it was probably a carbon copy of the way that Paul is, you know, affected on stage, and he's using all the same inflections of when he's talking about his friend John. Yeah. Uh, I get it, but it just, it just didn't feel the same. It didn't yeah. feel the same as Bonnaroo. Uh, yeah. You're exactly right about that. That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing for me, you know. Yeah. Um, and this year, uh, a great this past year, should I say, 2019, probably one of my standout moments was being in a pit for Gojira. Gojira is a French metal mm -hmm. band. I don't know if you guys. I knew nothing about Gojira yeah. when I went to uh, Bonnaroo, um, but I decided that I was going to get in the pit for that show. Um, because I felt like it had potential from a photographer standpoint, and I got to be honest with you, man. When they when they came out and started playing, it felt like I was standing next to a 747. It just <laughs> it was. Wow. So I'm in a I'm in the pit with other photographers, and they're shooting the stage. And meanwhile, I'm down on one knee with my back against the stage, shooting the people on the rail, and I could feel my shirt slapping me in the back. From sound wave that was just colliding into me, and, really? and I was just like, "Wow, I, this is absolutely incredible!" You know, I've told this before. I was in the photography pit for my morning jacket when they came out and started uh, circuital. I think that, and they hit that opening note, and the same thing. And the photographer next to me put his camera down on the giant speaker and said, "I think I just wet myself." <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally get that. I mean, I, it didn't happen to me, but it was the thing of it is, is I was trying to concentrate on what I was shooting um, with all of this chaos going on around me. And and what I started doing was just I had a power winder on my camera. I just threw it on and just started hitting the shutter button. And I knew, you know, I had literally reloaded my film before I got booted out of the pit because I was shooting so many frames. I to say, and when I walked out of there, I was so excited because I knew I said, man, if I get if I get one frame off of that rail sequence, it's total gold. And, and I got... What'd you I get? Got you got something good? I got, a, I got a few, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing you have to you have to wear some sort of earplug thing. You're having to cover yourself up. What is what is your earplug choice? Uh, I, I have to say that I don't wear earplugs, which is a bad deal. Oh, stop oh, it. Yeah. I, I stop don't, it. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. I, I know, wow. I know it sounds really bad. Um, like I said, both of my sons are musicians, and they both advocate for that. But uh, I yeah. can't. I'm sitting here listening to you, and again, I carry a you know a SD card that'll hold ten thousand images. I can't imagine the stress and the or the stress plus excitement that you're going through, wondering what you're going to get. Because I mean, I get it almost immediately. And it, it's it's a it's exactly what you just said. Yeah. It's wow. All... Wow. Uh, man. Uh, well, what a story. I appreciate um, you, you showing up and, and doing it every year. Uh, I'm excited to see what it turns into after 10 years. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't think you even know what it's going to be. Do you? No, no, I mean, ultimately I'd love to do a book. That's just, just the project. Um, I definitely have more than enough material to do that, but, and people have suggested that to me, but you know, at, at this point, even though this was my 10th year, 
I'm not, I'm not totally done doing it. So I, I hate to like go through the expense of putting together something like that. And then two years from now, take the best frigging shot that I've ever taken in my life at Bonnaroo and not have it yeah. be part of that book, you know? Yeah. yeah well, really think about this. So your trip down here again with uh, the Rubus and that bunch, I think is a, a tremendous chapter, but think about what next, the next one's going to be like. Exactly. We, it's going to be so much. We've just around it, but we haven't really considered how what the energy is going to be like when uh, we actually are allowed to do something, assuming it's going to be good. I, I I would think it's going to be amazing. The release, the energy, the excitement. I can't wait. Yeah. You know the thing. The thing of it is, is one of the the things that I've you know used to describe the experience to people, and you really can't that haven't been there, is in a lot of ways it's really a celebration of life, and even more so than ever next year, for the people who, who look forward to the festival every year, who now don't take it for granted, I mean, they're, they're going to be celebrating life, you know, like 110% pedal to the metal, and uh, I'm bringing more film to shoot that, man, I'll tell you that. I've said this since the first one that I went to, and, and I mean this, and it sounds corny, whatever, make fun of me, but Bonnaroo is the way things should be. Every time I leave there, I think yeah, this, is the way people, this is the way people should treat people and should act. And it's really not that complicated. Why don't we do it, you know? Yeah. Everything from picking up your own trash to just saying hello to people and high-fiving people. I mean, it's really pretty simple and it's not that hard. So yeah, you know, uh, it'll be fun. It's going to be exciting to see what happens when it happens. I'd like to believe that, you know, I wasn't an asshole before Bonnaroo, before I ever went, but I can tell you that it's definitely had a profound effect on, on me as a, as a, as a human being, you know, there's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, how is it? It's, it's a great question. Barry, have I become less of an asshole? During that week? Okay. <laughs> like, I am less of an asshole that week. I think we need to probably clear that with Brian Stone. No, and say I've that's seen you high five people during that week. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But no, it, yeah, no, that, I understand what you're saying, David. And I, and I agree. I, I, I literally leave there thinking it's really not that hard. Just do this all the time and, and the world would be a whole lot better. And I think that's why we're talking. Yeah, and I, I mean that's the thing. That's the thing that I think Daniel. I, I give him so much credit. Daniel is. I mean, he lives it, three sixty five. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I just think that's awesome. So how, how far outside of the city are you? Just say. Uh, so I live in a small little river town called Cooksaki. It's it's two hours north of the city on the Hudson, right on the Hudson River. So even further past Poughkeepsie, huh? Yeah, you know, the first time when I went down to New Jersey and went down there, uh, we just didn't handle the road trip that well. It literally took us 20 hours to get there. We drove all through the night uh, to get there. We we were spent by the time we got there, and then we couldn't sleep because our tent was like a microwave at 10 o'clock in the morning. And but what was the what was the problem with the road trip? What did you do wrong? Just kept making too many stops, you know. And yeah, I blame Joe. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was his car and he was driving. <laughs> but, you know, even with, you know, forget about what Waze tells you. I mean, even with a normal amount of stops, it's a 16 plus hour trip for me from our, from my driveway. You know, it's 998 miles. But I love it, man. It's Wow. Well, it's uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to see you again, or get to see you at some point, um, maybe in Tennessee in the future. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, next time, next time, maybe a plane. Especially if you've got your 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 daughter who lives in Nashville. She's got all the gear there. Just fly into Nashville at this point. You know, I kind of thought about that, but part of it's the journey. If I if I have the flexibility to drive, um, I don't I don't mind doing it, man. I'm I'm kind of a road trip kind of person, you know. Right. My wife and I are going to Nashville in a, in a couple of weeks. We're really looking forward to that. There you go, Barry. You should go meet up. I'd love to meet Barry. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I that sounds fun. Just, just put Barry on the spot. I know Taco will be there. I know Taco will <laughs> be there. Barry. Barry's willing to do it so long as he can get in bed by six. He's good. As long as <laughs> bed by six, humidifier is on by five. He's fine. 
6.30. Got to watch, you know, Matlock. Got to watch the stories. Got to watch my stories. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Come on, uh, man. Love to have you. Come on. We'll, we'll uh, spend some time. Sure. Uh, before we get off here, do we have any, uh, did we want to run through some uh, some emails, some questions? Do we have any of those that we wanted to go through? So we did get one question. Okay. And let me pull it up. This comes from uh, Phil, one of our Patreons. And Phil says, which artists have you been listening to during quarantine do you think would make good additions to the Bonnaroo lineup for 2021? That's a pretty good question. That's a fantastic question. Not a bad question. Uh, well, first of all, I'll take it in two parts and answer the version that I want to answer, and then I'll answer his. Uh, the thing that I've been listening to the most of, aside from repeat, repeats, wind in my sails, out now. It is out now. Uh, in the, uh, <laughs> is, uh, found the What podcast. There's, there's two things in particular. One ties back to the podcast. I've been obsessed with this. I, I just stumbled upon Billy, um, Billy Ocean's uh, piece of vinyl. Uh, literally, this 25-year-old, this 30-year-old piece of vinyl has brought me so much joy. Uh, it's just the best thing you could ever buy. If you find it anywhere, suddenly, it is literally as... as Perfect of a, a, a album to put on for any occasion that you have during the day. And it just hit after hit after hit. I'm in love with this piece of vinyl. But the other thing that I'm obsessed with is a recommendation from Rust and Wax. They sent me an album that I have been listening to on repeat that would be a perfect, perfect Bonnaroo artist for a Sunday morning slot, that thing that we've always wanted, that church sermon that's happening on Sunday around 1 o'clock. Ural Thomas and the Pain. Literally, the band's called The Pain. Um, But it's U-R-A-L Thomas. Ural Thomas and the Pain. And uh, it is just slapper after slapper, banger after banger. uh, Just horns aplenty. Big, beautiful, Charles Bradley-esque horns and soul. I'm in love with it. And it's because of the Russell Wax people. So I give them all credit in the world. Everything's better with horns, man. Yeah. Well, don't say that to repeat, repeat, because Kristen cannot stand horns. She hates horns. <laughs> I learned this from her. She will not listen to things with horns in it. So that's right. I yeah. want, uh, I want uh, my morning jacket. I want another four-hour my morning jacket, Bonnaroo, maybe even two sets, oh. maybe even Friday, Sunday type of. I want, I want my morning jacket because I think they're the perfect Bonnaroo act. Yeah, that's that's the first place I ever heard of My Morning Jacket. I love that new album. That new album is is fantastic. That's what uh, I want. Lord Taco, what about you? I, you know, I speaking of Rust and Wax, I ordered a couple of records from them that were uh, Radiohead records, and I know Radiohead's played, but I would I would love to see Radiohead again. Uh, yeah, EOB was supposed to be, EOB was supposed to be my. You know, Radiohead experience this year. Um, well, if, if there's a 2021, they're going on tour in 2021, so you might uh, you might get some. Man, that would be great. There, there's there's so much from the 2020 lineup that I wanted to see that I still want to see. I kind of just you know I know it can't happen, but it would be great if 2021 was just the 2020 lineup. Like I would be well, super happy with that. Well, look here's here's what we've learned through uh, COVID doing what I do for a living, they've studied, you know, people's listening habits and especially the radio stations that are doing really, really well, uh, Spotify data, Apple Music data. What they found was people in quarantine and through COVID had turned to what they call comfort food. And not many people are engaging too much in new product. And uh, most of the listener, if especially the radio listener, is choosing stuff that they already know and stuff they're familiar and comfortable with. Because in times of peril, times of crisis, people always turn to comfort food. Um, so it's a good point. So you know, it, it, it's it, it's both troubling and understandable why you know if if you've got a new project out, why it probably doesn't have as much heat on it as it probably could. So. If anybody's listening to something new right now, boy, uh, bring it on. I'm, I'm all in because I, I even feel 
a tad empty. I feel a tad like, and I'm a consumption junkie. I listen to nothing but new stuff. I hate anything that I've already heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so to not really feel news. activated in that way sort of bums me out. The avenue's yeah. dried up, right? I mean, you would normally hear something as an opening band at a show, maybe, or you know, right. at a festival or something. So yeah, it makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. You guys familiar with uh, the Australian band Psychedelic Porn Crumpets? You know, I can't say that I am. Nope. <laughs> I uh, missed the porn crumpets. No, but uh, tell me active. more. Okay, crumpets so or crumpets. Crumpets, yeah. It, it's 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 kind of a really weird name, but let me tell you, it's it's a great band. Actually, my sons who are music industry students turned me on to them. They're the band that I would love to see at Bonnaroo sometime. I think it's inevitable. But if you want to hear one track that kind of defines them, they have a song called I Found God in a Tomato. I love it already. Boy, your kids, your kids really like weed. <laughs> no, it sounds like a joke, but it's no joke. You guys are going to dig it. I'll check it out. Check it out, man. I found God in a tomato. I don't found God don't ask tomato. my arthritic hands that. Okay. Uh, Barry, anything else? Any other questions? Anything else we want to get to before we yeah, tap out? I just wanted to say, uh, before we came on, I had reached out to Drew Holcomb uh, just randomly yesterday, actually, and said, hello, Drew Holcomb, and then and, uh, our Moon River Festival, and asked him if he had anything to say. You know, they were supposed to have Moon River next month, and he just said, like everybody else, really going to miss all you guys and, and look forward to next year so. Uh, just wanted to, to throw that out there that the musicians are feeling it like everybody else. I mean, you know, I can't even imagine uh, what the festival planners, you know, I mean, I know what we're going through, so they're going through it too is the reason that I mention it. So uh, that and uh, no, I guess um, this was a lot of fun. David, thanks so much for giving us so much time. And, uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, blows yeah. my mind the story i mean from <laughs> from meeting a total stranger to driving 20 hours to 10 years later yeah doing it again and uh yeah you have it. a shirt on right now that says fearless uh damn you're crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> i just yeah. and I, I think we're gonna i think russ is gonna play uh, audio later in a minute from uh somebody who called into the phone thingy oh do we have a thing Oh, have a phone really, thingy. I yeah. forgot about that. So uh, Barry texted us and said he wanted to uh, open up the phone line again and uh, have people text in or, or call in messages. And this was the text thread that we had that was, I mean, enormously entertaining to me. Uh, Barry says, oh, God, let me find it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was thinking, this is from Lord Taco, I was thinking we could maybe do a Patreon Q&A where our Patreons submit questions. Uh, Barry responds, that works. Along those lines, I really do think the phone thingy can become a thing. <laughs> the phone and, thing. I, and I the responded, Barry's a regular Alexander Graham Bell. I think this phone thingy can become a thing. It's got uh, legs. This phone so, thingy's got legs. So, AGB, tell me, uh, tell me what we got. <laughs> this phone thing he's got legs yeah so, anyway my point is when you hear this guy's story um on top of what david has shared with us I, it's just stunning to me the the uh the depths that bonnaroo reaches across the country and and it just i mean we kind of talk about it but I'm still surprised every time we do this, Brad and, and Russ, how many people this festival has touched in ways that, you know, we don't even know. Well, so, yeah. Well, Taco, can we, can we play it now? Hey, guys. Big fans. Uh, I've been following you on YouTube and Spotify for a while. Uh, I just want to share a Bonnaroo memory that I have. So Bonnaroo was actually my first music festival ever, and it was last year, 2019. Um, my story's a bit different. So the morning of day two, I found out that my grandmother had passed, and we were nine hours away from home, so there was no, and I didn't drive, so there was no way I could really get back. Uh, we knew she was ill. It wasn't like a surprise, but 
was kind of rough that I wasn't able to say goodbye. And later that day, I believe it was day two. I'm probably getting the days wrong. I just remember that uh, we were waiting for Josier to start, and I was not really the biggest fan. I didn't dislike their, or his music, but just not someone I uh, I listened to a lot. And right before it started, uh, someone just handed me a notebook and a, and a pen, and it was just something where you write a note and you pass. And I realized that that was my moment to say goodbye to my grandmother. So I wrote her a note, a little letter, and then I passed it along. And then Hosier started as the sun was setting, and it was just kind of a really powerful and uh, spiritual feeling that I had. Um, I'm sure this is probably a bit different than what you guys are normally getting, but I just wanted to share that story. Um, yeah, have a good one. David, I mean, like what you're saying, you, you basically were had a conversation with Daniel from Rubus. Yeah. And I did too, and it basically ended up with, here's an address, show up at this time. You know, that's what I did. I had, I had no idea what I was coming into. Um, yeah. But for me, that drive was like an hour. Okay. So you live well, honestly, but in in the Volkswagen bus, it could have been twenty two hours. Let's be oh, honest. Very could have easily, but you know, at any point, if I were to break down, I could just camp right there and just you know, yeah, wake up. But uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine you know actually driving the length that you drove to go to that. I mean, I, especially not not knowing any more than I did. Just here's an address. It's a field in Tennessee. Show up, and you know we yeah. did, and of course it turned out to be wonderful. But yeah, you know, I was. They made movies about that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like if 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 I showed up and it was terrible, I could They're just go banjos, back home. Usually, yeah, yeah. Guys that look like Ned Beatty. Usually, my, yeah. my the point that I start running. Right. Well, I kind of made a bad joke with my wife, saying, "Hopefully, uh, if you know nobody hears from me in a few days, they don't just start finding parts of my camera equipment scattered through the woods somewhere." You know. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, no, no, that, that's sending not sending out your location find. to people. Be like, this is where to find me if if you don't hear from me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One uh, final thing to uh, go through the Patreons, Barry Porter. You want to run through the uh, Patreons before we, we can go? Do that. We All can right, do that. Do. Thanks to the Patreons: Karen Sheets, Timothy Proctor, Aaron Carlson, Liesel Condor, David Grimes, Phil Hanley, Chloe Hannon, Benjamin Wales, Tori. Musical Antlers, Mary T, Skylar, Melanie, and Jesse Feldman over there at uh, the uh, Rust Wax, Rust and Wax. Parker Reed, Dan Sweeney, Joshua Herndon, Lauren Edholm, Nick Yeatman, Tyrone Basket, Evan Brown, Ross McNamara, William Richards, Clay Wilhoyt, Sean McCarthy, Ryan Matthewson, Chelsea Davis, Lucy Young, Jason Hazelbaker, DK, Linda Doles, Jacob Marty, Andrew T. McBride, Justin Nigro, spoke to him this week. David Solano, Catherine Riccio, Meredith Rittman, Daniel and Charlotte Horton, Sean McCain, David Henson, Brooke Tussie, and Ella up on Signal Mountain. There you go. All right. Don't, uh, don't forget our two new ones. We've got two new Patreons. Ooh, um, Madison Hadziko. Okay. <laughs> Hope I'm saying that right. And then Riley Benson was our new one. Yeah, good for you. Thanks for doing that. I forgot Very about exciting. that. Yeah. Imagine we got two new ones in a year when Bonnaroo didn't happen. It didn't even happen. Yeah. Blows yeah. My <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, I guess we still got another show to come up. We've got more we're doing. This is nuts. Yeah, no, we got, uh, we've still got a Patreon to, to uh, talk to, and we've got some other surprises. I, I, okay. you know, All I right. Continue to call in the phone thingy. Yeah, what's the phone thingy? What's the number to the phone the, thingy? The number to the phone thingy is 423-667-7877. Which spells, that we found out the other day, sput. Also spells R-U-S-S. -S. Oh, look at yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. as I gotcha. said earlier, it spells yeah. David, wow, man. Thanks for yeah. giving us so much time. David, thank you so much, and, and, and thanks for keeping the Bonner spirit alive, man. I love your photos. They're really, really well done. At uh, What, what is, again is the uh, URL? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot, yeah. Give a plug. It's basically I am Bonner on Facebook and Instagram. Right. Um, I, do have, I do have the domain name registered, but I'm lazy, and I don't have my website up yet. Um, 
What hey, did the name I meant to ask you that earlier. What did the name? I mean, that's such a that's a pretty bold. Uh, is that it, something that you'd use for other projects, or is that just for this? No, literally, uh, I use it just for this project, and you know, it's it's kind of weird for me because people will see me at the at the festival and they'll say, "Hey, are you uh, that Bonner? I am I am Bonnaroo guy," and I'm it, it's you know I'm not I am Bonnaroo. The, the the people that are in the, the photos, photos, right? Yeah, they are they are Bonnaroo. This project is for them, about them. Um, I'm archiving lives every time I press the shutter button down. You know, that's awesome. At so, I am Bonnaroo. That's awesome. Very good. And, and by the way, if you need help building website, I think we got the guy for you sitting right there. That, I that can. Bus. I can probably uh, help yeah. you out. Oh, you awesome. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Anything else before we go? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for doing what you do and keeping uh, us you around too, man. I mean, I, I think the first uh, podcast that I watched of yours, I literally stumbled across, and it was one that you guys were doing in a parking lot somewhere. And you had, uh, you know, a lot of Daniel's crew there. Some of the some of the uh, Redaru guys, I think, were there. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, we did that uh, last November with um, the Rubus crew and some of the, uh, uh, what was it, the Rutan clan. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. It was yep. At, hashtag at the Moxie. At yes. The, uh, yeah, Moxie we did it at the Moxie Hotel in Chattanooga, and it was kind of a last minute thing we threw together and said, let's make a video and put it out yeah. so. i actually shared it with some of my friends and it was it's a good it's a good feed for the off season as they say you know what i mean it is and when they when you talk to them what did they say about my hair <laughs> well you know i was going to tell you you got the best hair in the business but oh I'm not thanks i appreciate that uh -oh. nice. good. all right good <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we appreciate you, and, and thanks for uh, listening and, and being such a uh, good Bonnaroo patron, if you will. Uh, yeah. you, you embody the spirit of the festival, that is for sure. Okay. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, yeah. buddy. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Good to see you again, David. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder.